Blog Talk Radio. song that was Kelly Kumaro Imperi that was the title of the song welcome to yet another exciting evening afternoon morning from wherever you're listening from it's exactly 9:03 p.m. eastern time on the eastern coast here in the great state of Indiana of course broadcasting live from Indianapolis I am your host, Noan Lovo. My co-host is Nancy Yamasiku. She's live in the same state in Indiana, but she's in a city called South Bend. So let me say hi to Nancy. And 
Nancy, how are you? Hi, Noah. Good evening. Good evening, our listeners. Uh, how are you doing there in, in, in Indianapolis? Oh, I'm doing good. There was a little bit of snow on the ground today, but at least it disappeared. It warmed up a little bit. It started snoring last night, but at least it cleared up, so that's good. So let me say welcome to uh, yet another uh, a co-host, brother, contributor who is always there to support and share his wisdom. This is, of course, Brother Warren. How are you doing, Brother Warren? <laughs> Greetings to everyone from New Orleans. Good. Hello. Hello. Hello, Brother Warren. How are you? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's good to hear yeah. from you. <laughs> yeah, I know last time, last week, Brother Warren, when you were on, it was raining. How How is the situation that time? It's, uh, today is a, a nice, cool spring, and uh, slowly we'll be... You know, we, the humidity here gets high. We have like a subtropical climate here, but we haven't gotten there yet. So by May, we should be getting into the real hot. But it's been nice and cool for the last few days. Okay, good, good. I think, Nancy, did you guys have snow out there too? No, uh, we actually had snow yesterday. But apparently today the weather was good. A little bit chilly oh, here and there, good. but yesterday it was, Snowing. Can you imagine? In yeah, April, huh? I, I thought we were done with the snow, but apparently the snow is still sticking around. Yeah, yeah. Are we on the same time zone with uh, New Orleans? I'm sorry, I didn't check that out. Yes, yeah, central. We're on Central Time here in New Orleans. Oh, Central Time. Okay, all right. That's good. Okay, good. Yeah. So, what are we talking about, Nancy, today? Well, today we are talking about. Um, spirituality and nature and probably the differences between spirituality and religion as you go these two go hand in hand and I don't know how we put nature in that so we'll hear from uh, what we have to present today and I know Noah you like such topics so as I was actually looking at this uh, topic I just had just different questions like what makes somebody spiritual how did they start being spiritual? Where do I personally find meaning, connection, and value? What's the difference between religion and what, you know, when you look at religion, you always look at what is true and what is right. What rituals or practices should, should that person know? Or what religion mm-hmm. do they belong to? So I'm going to hand that mm-hmm. back to you as you open up this session today. And this will just kind of like give us uh, a way to move forward, because I know uh, these topics are very, very broad. When I looked at religion mm-hmm. and uh, spirituality, there are two broad different topics. I was having a headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, so uh, back to you, Noah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so, of course, religion and spirituality is what we we'll focus on, but with a special emphasis on spirituality, because we want just to discuss in general what spirituality is and sort of separate spirituality from religion, because we understand, of course, most of our people uh, may not really understand that there's a difference, actually, between spirituality and religion. To be religious and to be spiritual are totally different uh, 
concepts and ideas. So we want to share a little bit of time, uh, a little bit of light on those concepts, ideas. So we do this show with the uh, purpose to engage our listeners, to open the eyes of our listeners so that at least our listeners can learn something new. So the purpose of a teacher before uh, we get started is to say something of value, something that others do not know. So if I, as an Afrocentric philosopher of science, come up here and say everything that you know, not only will I be wasting my time, but I'll be wasting your time. The purpose of a teacher is to explain or share something that you don't know. So when somebody shares something that you don't know, it is at that moment or that time that you learn something new. So at the back of every, every person's brain, there is what is called the reticular activating system. So how this works in simple terms is when somebody tells you information that you don't know, you record it in your, in your brain, in your mind. So if somebody comes up here right now and says, hey, my name is Margaret. I live in Louisiana. Of course, we'll accept that person if we're seeing her for the first time. We'll say, oh, she's Margaret. She says she lives in Louisiana. So when we see her next time, we'll be able to say, oh, that's Margaret. She said she lives in Louisiana. Now, if somebody that we know comes to us and says, hey, if for, for instance, myself here, I, I tell someone that they, I mean, people who already know me, I say, hey, my name is Franklin, uh, Franklin Jones. People say, no, 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 you're not Franklin Jones. Your name is Noah. So the difference I'm trying to get at here is when you already have information stored in your mind or in your brain about something, you can counter that information. But if you don't have that information stored in your brain, if somebody comes and says they're Margaret, they're from Louisiana, we have no reference point for us to compare that information, whether it's true or not. We just take it at its face value. Another example is I have a little princess here. She's two years old. So if I told her, hey, one plus one equals four, she's going to believe me because she doesn't have any concept of that. So the same applies when we're talking about religion. When you hear something said about what you don't know, most people make the mistake to say that's not true or they tend to close up their mind and say, no, I don't believe that. I don't accept that. So when somebody says something that you don't know, you have to exercise what is called intellectual vigilance. You have to take time and record whatever has been said. Do your own research. So when we share information, we share the information under the backdrop of informing our listeners and we expect our listeners to go and cross-check this information. So when you cross-check, then you learn something new and you broaden your horizon. So I always tell people that you cannot contest information that you don't know. So hopefully I've sort of laid down a, 
a plan for where we are going because we may say something that you don't know. So when we say something that you don't know, just take note of that and then follow it up. We live in a, an era where you can easily uh, Google, you can easily just check some things and then you say, oh, okay, I didn't know about that and things like that. So you may know something about something, but chances are that there might be more to know about something that you don't know. So let me put it this way. All that I think I know about whatever I know may not be enough to know about something that I have to know. You always have to keep uh, at the back of your mind that there could be another side of the story. So with that said, let's try now to break it down a little bit when we talk about spirituality and religion. So we spend a lot of time uh, discussing, differentiating, distinguishing uh, spirituality, what it is. So, Brother Warren, I think I've sort of laid down the stage so that our listeners have a, a, an understanding of where we are going and what we'll be able to discuss. So I'll throw it to you, Brother Warren. Can you share with us how, what is spirituality to you? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to tag team along with a, uh, a statement you just made, the things we think we know, something like you were saying that way. And it reminded me oh, yeah. of uh, Donald Rumsfeld, who used to work in the Bush administration, made this statement. There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know, but there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> so exactly. I, so I, exactly. Thought that was, I thought that quote was appropriate to add on to your opening uh, about that. But I want to say, well, the, the term spirituality and religion. Now, on one level, there is no difference. And what I mean by that is the nature of this conversation that we're having today has been a conversation that's been have, had some quite some time among elements of people. And that's because the world in which we live uh, within the last maybe 500 to 1,000 years has been heavily influenced militarily, economically, and politically by uh, people who practice what we call the major Western religion, that is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Okay, and so people whose geographical areas who initially didn't have these really organized religious system, uh, they had other forms of expression and a belief in God and the creator and the manifestation of God in their lives, the lives of their family, community, and in nature. And so I think mm -hmm. that uh, that's where the distinction in the discussion becomes spirituality versus religion. But really, 
in one dimension, they're the same. And what I'm saying, though, is that when we do an anthropological assessment of a culture, one of the words that's used is, in addition to looking at their language, their history, their cuisine, their folklore, the term is, what is their religion? See what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if we're going, if we're looking at an isolated community somewhere in the Amazon or somewhere, let's say, in the uh, Central Africa or in the Pacific, the term that's used by anthropologists, what is their religion? Knowing that they may not or don't practice any of the major Western religions, that is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Okay, so that's one dimension of it. However, in the nature of the discussion we're having, I would say this. I would say uh, the distinction between spirituality and religion, as we hold this type of discussion in what we call progressive settings, progressive communities, is that the religion is, again, tied to the major religions and branches of the major religions. When we say Christianity, you have Catholicism, and then what's not Catholicism is called uh, a Protestantism, okay? And so that's how we kind of, in, in the type of conversation we're having, we look at religion in that domain, and we look at spirituality uh, in the pre-Christian, pre-Islamic uh, communities. So that, that's how I would say the distinction as as I'm familiar with the discussion goes, that when we when spirituality is being uh, subscribed to a people, it's looking at their relationship to God pre Christianity, pre Islamic, because these communities generally have become under assault by those who subscribe to Christianity and Islam. And, and and that's kind of been a struggle in areas of the world where people had spiritual system prior to these major Western religions being being brought to their areas. Oh yes, yeah, that's a very good opening, Brother Warren. So uh, for those who are joining us, we are discussing spirituality. And we are challenging our listeners that there is more to know to whatever you know. So you may know what you know about whatever you know, but that does not mean you know all there is to know about whatever you know. Keep that at the back of your mind. So last week we were a little, having a little bit of fun, but this time we are putting on or philosophers had to sort of share some light and break down uh, some of this concept. So uh, let me just piggyback on to what Brother Warren said and uh, talk a little bit in terms of um, dif- differentiating between religion and spirituality. So what we as uh, uh, African people have to understand is that there was a time when there was no Christianity on the African continent. There was a time when African people had no concept of religion. They had no concept of 
praying to God through Jesus Christ. That started when the Europeans came on the shores of our, on, on the continent. So prior to Christianity, there is actually a book, uh, Christianity Before Christ. So I encourage people to search that book and do some reading. I always like to say uh, engage in what philosophers like myself usually do, engage in mental gymnastics. You see that at least your brain needs to do a little bit of exercise. So what is spirituality? Spirituality in simple terms simply means to be pure and original. Now, religion on the other side, on the, on the other hand, simply means the steps by which one becomes pure and original. So when you go back to uh, prior to the uh, uh, Europeans coming onto the African shores, Africans worshipped the Creator, but they did not pray or worship in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you talk to your grandparents, grandparents' parents, they will tell you some stories. Some of you uh, may be lucky that you have done some research or you know some people who know uh, the African history. They will tell you that when the Europeans came, that's when uh, Christianity came with them. So there was a time when there was no Christianity and Africans uh, worshipped the creator using different means. So one of the methods that I think most of our people get spooked when they hear the word is because if, uh, before I, I, I make my point, let me put it this way. If I have to come to you as a people and I see how you worship and things like that, the Europeans were clever enough to come in the name of religion or in the name of uh, worshiping. Because one thing that is different and unique about black people is the fact is that black people are a spiritual people. Black people gravitate towards things of God, things of worshiping the creator. Worshiping is something that uh, most of the black people, especially even when you look at the statistics here in the United States, you find that uh, black people pray more uh, in terms of racial groups. Uh, almost 50% of black people go to church. They worship some form of a creator. That's the highest racial group uh, here in the United States is black people go to church more compared to their, compared to their counterparts. And the second to that is the Latinos. Uh, the Latinos come in at uh, 30, no, at 38%. Uh, next to that, of course, now white people are, uh, are, are said, and then the people who worship the least are Asians. Now you may ask yourself, why is that the case? Because black people by nature gravitate towards things of God. This is why when the Europeans first came on the African shores, they had to come in the name of worshiping, in the name of the creator. Because that was how they got accepted. 
we come in peace and we bring good news and things like that. So even some of us who watched growing up, watched Shaka Zulu, uh, when the Europeans were approaching the Shaka Zulu kingdom, they were coming as missionaries. Missionaries who were interacting, of course, they had different agendas. But the point I wanted our people to know that there was a time when there was no Christianity on the African continent. Christianity was introduced at some point, but that doesn't mean Africans were not praying. So when we say spirituality, what we mean is to be pure and to be original. And religion is the steps by which one becomes spiritual. So this is why, uh, I don't know if maybe I can even say this, Uh, most of our ladies, African ladies, if you check on Facebook, usually when uh, a black woman, hopefully I don't get any head mail, but I'm just trying to make a point here, and which is, of course, a true statement. Black people by nature, when they are, especially the females, because the female is more operates in the spiritual realm compared to most men. Men are what are called solistic. Because I'll talk a little bit about the difference between the spirituality, uh, I mean the spirit realm, and the soul realm and the body. Because the person is made up of three parts, the body, the soul, and the spirit. Women operate in the spirit realm. Men mostly operate in the soul realm, which is called solistic. Yeah, so women by nature, especially black people, when they are in search of a mate, usually they tend to uh, revert to their natural state of being spiritual. This is why you find that most people will be quoting scripture on Facebook, left, right, center. It's because by nature, most African people, even when you look at the statistics, which I just shared, they gravitate to things of God more than any racial group is because they are spiritual in nature. So, Nancy, before we go any further, what say you to that? Hello. Uh, what did you ask again, Noah? <laughs> I didn't hear you. <laughs> no, we are breaking down. Of course, we are trying to be a little go step by step. I'm just trying to say... We have laid the stage, Brother Warren and I have laid the stage, so now we're trying to uh, have uh, your input. What, 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 how, how would you describe spirituality on your end? Well, um, thank you so much for that uh, laid down from uh, Brother Warren and you. So uh, when I looked at spirituality, actually it's uh, very, very wide. So it just depends mm-hmm. with what perspective you are looking at it from. Because I see that uh, all the religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, they all have their own type of spirituality. So um, I guess since we are from Africa, we are blacks, we, are, we, we, we resonate with the Christianity um, values. So I will look at Christianity from um, that perspective. So uh, in modern times, um, spirituality may refer to a subjective experience or 
all the sacred dimension and the deepest values and meanings by which people live, often in a context separate from organized religious institutions, such as a belief in a supernatural beyond the known and observable realm. And I know you will be talking more about the spiritual realm and all sorts of realms out there. So um, also spirituality may be because of uh, some personal growth and the case for the ultimate of sacred meaning, religious experience or an encounter with one's inner dimension. So uh, I looked at um, African spirituality from the traditional African religion. As Brother mm-hmm. Warren already said, spirituality is considered as a belief system that guides the wealth, the welfare of the society and eradicates sources of unhappiness occasioned by the evil. So uh, in the traditional society prior to coloniza- uh, colonization in Africa, an extensive introduction to Christianity or uh, Islam Religion was the strongest element in society, uh, influencing the thinking and actions of the people there. So uh, hence, spirituality was a subdomain of the religion. Despite the rapid socioeconomic and political changes of the last century, traditional religion remains the essential background for many African people. And that religion is a communal given, not an individual choice. Religion gives all of the life its meaning and provides ground for action. So uh, before the colonialism, they actually had their own um, type of spirituality, you know, and they grounded all their beliefs in that. So um, each person is a livid grid of his own religion. So uh, basically, when you look at spirituality, it just depends with what religion you're coming from. So... As Christians, I mean, this word originated from the Christianity. So that's all that I have to say for now. Yeah, no, thank, thank you, Nancy, for, for that. Yeah, so we are, we're looking at, uh, for those who are just joining us, uh, this is primetime radio show. And I think this is, before we continue, let us debrief uh, by playing a song so that at least we'll be able to get our people relaxed a little bit and things like that. So there's a a song that I was trying to play, but for some reason it couldn't really come on. But instead we'll play this one. I was actually trying to find uh, Stevie Wonder's uh, superstition. So (laughs) I'm hoping we can get that because there's a lot of heavy meaning uh, to that song, again, Stevie Wonder superstition. But in the meantime, let's listen to Johnny Clegg. This is a gentleman who passed on uh, recently singing Asim Bonanga. Victoria, I'm 
Yeah, welcome back. That was John Clegg singing Asimbo Nanga. So that song came out in 1987. Uh, it was done by a band called Savuka. Uh, the meaning is we have not seen him, of course, referring to the great Nelson Mandela. That was after he was locked up on Robben Island for 27 years. So the song simply say, we have missed him, we haven't seen him. Asimbonanga by Johnny Clegg. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, you are listening to Primetime Radio Show. This is your host, Noah Lovo. And our topic for today is we are discussing spirituality and religion. So, of course, we have uh, Brother Warren and Nancy uh, to share the, for, for us to break down the the discussion. So as we have said so far, is that religion is the steps by which one becomes spiritual, and to be spiritual simply means to be pure and to be original. So when you go back to the African continent prior to the arrival of the Europeans, you have to understand that Christianity had not existed as a religion. Africans did not have religions. They worship in their natural forms. So one of the African natural or some people say ancient or some people say native way of worship is what is called voodoo. I know some people may jump off the chair when they hear that. So again, uh, going back to what I said earlier, when you hear something that you do not know, you do not challenge it. You write it down, do your own research, and then you find that, oh, that is actually the case, or that's not the case. So one of the ancient ways for the Africans uh, used to worship is, of course, the practice of voodoo. Voodoo is just mostly on the western part of um, Africa, uh, countries like Togo, 
Benin, they are actually very well known for the worship of voodoo. So voodoo is just, it has gotten a very bad name, especially by the Western world, because of course, for obvious reasons, if you want to promote Christianity, you have to tell people that voodoo is bad. But voodoo simply means it's just like us growing up in Zambia, you had our people who worshipped nature, worshipped different aspects of God's creation. So, for instance, one of the aspects of God's creation is the wind. You don't see the wind, but that's one of the uh, creative manifestations of God, the wind. So most people say, oh, but the Africans worship so many gods. Like they worship the sun, they, they, some people say the water god or the sun god and things like that. To that I say, in Christianity, of course, there is also what is called Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah uh, Elohim. And God has different names. So you cannot say, oh, if you Africans worship your uh, many gods, but in Christianity, it's only one God. No, it's the same. God is represented by different names. Jehovah Rapha, Yahweh, Elohim. So you get the concept. So what we're discussing here is we're discussing spirituality. What does it mean to be spiritual? So we are sharing different perspectives. So Brother Warren here, uh, I know most people may not really understand uh, I don't know if you can come in and share a little bit on uh, what you know about voodoo as an African religion. Also, if you can talk about uh, how African, uh, the people on the continent, were referred to by the Greeks and the Romans and things like that. So just at least to uh, set the stage. Well, I, I like to recommend a book. Uh, by the late John Mbiti. John Mbiti was a Kenyan a scholar and theologian. In his classic book, African Religions, is a classic book exploring uh, African belief systems uh, outside of the uh, major Western religions. But let me say this. When the Europeans approximately in the 16th and 17th centuries and afterward began to come to what we call inner Africa, Southern Africa, Western Africa, Eastern Africa in larger numbers, those initial Europeans brought what was called Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. But when we look at when we look at the origin and development of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, they are connected to the African continent by way of Africans who were there at the development of those religions and elements of African spirituality being used as the basis of those religions. So we take Judaism, for example. In the Bible, in Acts 7 and 22, it says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Now, when we think of Egypt or go to Egypt today, as I've done, the people in Egypt today do not look like the people of Pharaonic Egypt. 
So, for example, if you came to the United, what, if you came to what become the United States 600 years ago, you would not see the people you see in America today. You would see another group of people called Native Americans yes. who would look different than the Americans oh, yes. you see today. So mm-hmm. the African continent, particularly the northern part of the continent, uh, experienced various migration and invasions of lighter-skinned, white-type people from, from Western Asia and from Europe. But Christianity also had an Eastern branch that was not Roman Catholicism, and in North Africa, you had that. All in Nubia, which is Sudan today, they had a form of early Christian churches. And even Ethiopia today, the Christianity that they practiced was not connected to European colonization. So you had African people who were part of the early development of these religions, but when the European colonists, conquerors came, they came with a form of Christianity called Catholicism, and from Catholicism, you got your Protestantism. And so it is this part of Christianity in particular that uh, that is associated with our conquest and enslavement. And so I just want to kind of clarify that that's very important to to look at the now valley uh cultures pre invasion of Arabs, etc. That they, they were an African people. So we look at ancient Egyptian spiritual system, it was uh it talked about you know, you really only had one God, but God manifested him or herself in the various aspects of his creation. So when you had the river, you had the ocean, you had the sun, you had the moon, these were things that were manifestations of God. And so Africans attributed human-like traits to the uh, elements of God's of God being extended to that. But, it, we, we, but Africans believed in one all God there. Yeah. And I, I think that, that that's a point. And so when we do a survey along the African continent, we see variation of the same approach to God. We see variation. You see you have different languages. So you have, but then when you take linguists, when linguists do a genetic study of the languages, you will find that a lot of the African cultures were very similar in many, many respects. But when when the European Christianity, when Islam, which becomes organized and and promoted by a particular group, uh, we call Arabs, but also there were Africans there. But these these later religious systems began to develop an idea that if you did not practice their way, you should be mistreated, you should be subjugated, if not annihilated. It's not that these religions themselves call for that, but the people who practice these religions articulated that and acted it out. Uh, as far as Vudun, which the word emanates around what we call present-day 
Benin, okay, the, the African country of Benin, oh, which is uh, to the west of Nigeria. Uh, and, of course, during the slave trade, many of those Africans were taken from out of there, brought to the Caribbean in the Americas, and many of these African groups uh, negotiated their various religious systems to create a culture of resistance to be able to fight their enslavers. And so we look at the Haitian Revolution uh, between 1791 and 1804. That was the the first successful slave revolt in human history. They defeated the slaveholders and drove them from Haiti. And their use of voodoo was uh, one of the things they consolidated their differences and, and, and used to resist their enslavement. And today, Haiti, by the way, Haiti suffers not because of their religion of voodoo. You know, the, the Haitians practice Catholicism on the surface. and But underneath, they say in Haiti, they say uh, – <laughs> They say 70% of the people practice Catholicism, but 100% of the people practice Voodoo. They say the same thing in Brazil as well. Oh, yes. The Africans mm-hmm. in the Americas constantly fought their subjugation by whites and developed, they innovated and developed systems to maintain their psychological sanity, to maintain some sort of strength and hope to fight. African Americans did it with Christianity here as well, and that's a whole different discussion. But I just want to try to put all of this into a, 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 a total view that elements of what we call Christianity were influenced by African people in the Nile Valley and in Northeast Africa thousands of years ago. And so, uh, whoever developed what becomes Judaism, they definitely uh, borrowed many things from African people. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, thank you, Brother Warren, for for sharing that. Yeah, so what I just wanted to add to that is we want to encourage our listeners to to do research because when you do research, you come across some information, especially like listening to this show. That's why we do this show is for you to learn something. I am very much aware, of course, uh, some people who believe, I mean, Christi- we Christians, uh, we some, when somebody says something that you don't know, most people want to defend and say, oh, no, that's not true, because they think that God is going to be happy with them like they stood up. The same Bible in the uh, second, second Peter 3, verse 3, talks about be ready always to give an account of the hope that is in you. And in the book of Jude, of course, it also says the same thing that you should always defend, defend or contend earnestly the, the faith. So what we're trying to, we're discussing here is to give the context that Africans, have adopted a religion that is alien to them. Prior to the arrival of the Europeans, Africans were not Christians. Africans worshipped in the natural way. Voodoo is one of them. So the word voodoo has been uh, uh, made to look terrible, of course, by the Western media, because they don't want you to connect to your source. Uh, Some of us recently, I think... uh, 
the Zambian community here, there was this group uh, going around, I think, uh, the gifting cycle, where they talk about the earth, the wind, the fire, and the water. Those are aspects of African um, religion, called, I mean, African uh, belief, voodoo. So, you know, I just wanted to share that, that there is nothing wrong with voodoo. It's because other people want you to think it's terrible. Go to Benin, go to Togo, so they practice voodoo. Don't just believe because somebody tells you something that, hey, this is true. No. So at this time, let's go ahead and have Nancy talk a little bit about the spiritual realm. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that. And I'm just listening to um, how the Africans uh, practiced uh, Christian, um, spirituality uh, just before the colonialism. And I know um, they believed in different gods. Not the G, not the capital G, but the small G or D. Different gods, as in water, you know, snakes. Just basically voodoo. So uh, for me, really, um, I'm glad that I'm, I'm into the modern spirituality, and I believe that our spirituality is highly personal and totally uh, individual. And uh, mm-hmm. it's basically how a person or an individual perceives something higher than themselves. So it's like for now. What do we believe in with the transformed from, you know, um, the previous practices for Christianity? So um, everybody has to believe in the higher power, like what, uh, like what I said last time. I mean, uh, stuff like voodoo, they are still being practiced in Africa and I know in Asia, in uh, Haiti, they still practice a lot of voodoo. So um, I think it's just uh, important for us to... Um, to learn and be informed about um, spirituality and to know where we are headed to. So uh, for me, really, it's something that gives me a sense of hope, meaning, love, or contentment, gratitude, and acceptance. So uh, I'm going to talk more about um, the spiritual realm here. So uh, the spirit world, according to spiritualism, is the world of the realm uh, inhabited by the spirits, both good or evil. So uh, it can be from um, the dark world or from the light world. And, of course, you have to study more to know about the various spiritualism manifestations. So uh, whereas religion regards an inner life, the spirit world is regarded as an external environment for the spirit. Although uh, independent from the natural world, both the spirit world and the natural world are in constant interaction. So uh, for some reason, from what I learned, is that God has protected us from knowing what is in the spiritual realm. Only few people who have certain powers can be able to read those spirits for you. So uh, we have to be aware that our both worlds, the spirit world and the natural world, are interacting together. So and, and much of what we go through in the physical is affected by what is going on in the spiritual world. So uh, through the manifestation, the mediumship, those words can be conscious and communicate with each other. The spirit world is sometimes described by mediums from the natural world in, in trance. So uh, like what I say, that uh, only people that are able or people that have spiritual powers can be able to translate or see what is going on in the spiritual realm. So I don't know if you know or you believe in the spiritual realm. Do you believe in the spirit? 
oh, yeah. you can oh, pick it up oh, yes. there. Thank you for sharing, Nancy. And you see, we, we do this show so that at least we can bounce off ideas. Like they say, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So we want to make sure that at least our people are following. So you see, I believe, of course, God exists. Of course, it would be foolish not to think so. When you walk outside, you can see, look at the side, uh, uh, then that, oh, it's, there's something out there. Now, I've been involved with uh, a lot of uh, discussions, I think, for a, a, for a lot of years when it comes to these matters. So I'm very passionate. I know exactly. I mean, done my homework, my research. So, for instance, uh, when we talk about the matters of beginnings, in, in Washington, Seattle, there is an institute called the Discovery Institute. So Discovery Institute, you can Google, they have uh, people who are Christians, Muslims, agnostics, and just different people from different cultures, different belief system. They all agree that there's something out there, and they don't ascribe a name for it. They say there's something out there that is called... Uh, there's the movement called intelligence design that the, when you look at the universe, it's not possible that the universe uh, assembled itself and put itself where it is. Something, some force, some element, some entity is responsible for that. So that's the Discovery Institute's position. Now, when you look at from a Christian's perspective, they will say there's something out there and we know what it is. What it is is God. Now, other people say, of course there's something out there, but we don't know what it is. So I want just to sort of uh, lay things on the table so at least our, people, our listeners can follow along nicely. So when you look at uh, the Eastern religions, the Hindus with the Bhagavad Gita, mm-hmm. uh, Hare Krishna and people like that, they believe that you are part of, uh, you are one piece, uh, part of, it's picture like a pizza, when you cut slices of a pizza, all those pieces, they fit into the puzzle. So, of course, there are different deities under the Hindu religion. But the point I want our listeners to tag along here is that they are different views and perspectives about the existence of a higher power. Other people just say there is something out there, we don't know what it is. And others, of course, you say, oh, that's Allah. The Muslims will say, no, that's Allah. And then if you, under, there are different subsets of uh, Christianity. Uh, for instance, the Jehovah's Witness, they'll say, oh, no, it's only 144 of us. And everybody else, they don't know what they're doing. And each religion has got their belief system, and they, each religion always feels that they know better than the other, and then the other religion doesn't know what they're doing. If you talk to a Muslim, they'll tell you that Muhammad is the path to uh, Allah, who, Allah who is God. And if you talk to a Christian, they will say Jesus is the path to God. So we are all God's children. We do not know which path is right. If you talk to each religion, they will contend 
to their position and belief. So uh, when we do these shows, we want our listeners to know that we are sharing information on eco footing. We are not trying to say this is better than this one, this is better than... No, no, no. That is your personal decision because religion is a conviction. It's something that you, on your own, make a decision. You pray to God on your own. So this leads me into the three elements that I uh, wanted to share. So before I share those three elements, uh, we said we're going to talk a little bit about nature. So what is nature? What's the relationship with nature in our discussions? So in the ancient African worship or ways of belief, God was referred to with the initials NTR. Again, I'll repeat that, the initials NTR. So because there were no vows, I think even if you read the Old Testament, Yahweh, uh, the, the, the name of God, I think it's YHW, something like that. Don't quote me on that one. But they are no, sorry, there are, no, uh, are no vows, even in the Jewish uh, sacred text. Even in the African sacred uh, writings, which, of course, if you go to uh, Egypt, Egypt now, of course, it's, it's uh, uh, inhabited by the Arabs, but the native folks for Egypt are black-skinned people. Uh, in, uh, the Bible refers to them as the Ethiopia. When you hear or see the word Ethiopia, Ethiopia simply means bent skin, or in other words, black skin. So just like, of course, Brother Warren mentioned that uh, America, most people, when they look at America, they say, oh, it's a land for white people. But when you go back a few years, you find it's the Native Americans. Those are the initial people. Of course, if we can have a discussion on an, another day, of course, there were black people before Columbus sailed to the islands. Of course, it didn't even come this far, but we can discuss that on a different day. So the point I'm trying to say is that things have changed. The way the Africans used to worship, the way things are done now, is that the African people have adopted a foreign religion and they have dished their old ways of practice. Now, this is summarized very nicely in a book which I think most of you have seen, Things Fall Apart. I think most of you have heard of the book, Things Fall Apart, where Okonko is shocked with the change. That is the most fitting word to use uh, when, the African, when the Europeans came to Africa. That change befitting says, I mean, you can rightly use the word transformation. That is 180 degree transformation because the Africans, with the arrival of the Europeans, Africans stop doing everything that they were doing. So if you haven't read the story, read Things for Apart. So the book was published in 1958 by Chino Achebe. So it talks about the arrival of the Europeans and the massive change where now people uh, stop doing what they were doing. They will say, no, we are now Christians. So we'll discuss a little bit. But anyway, getting back to why nature. 
God's name is NTR. So some people put some vowels there. They put the A, they put the U, and they put the E. If you have NTR and then you put those vowels, you come up with nature. So this is why sometimes people will say Mother Nature. They refer to God. Like uh, if I think there was a, a few years back, some kids were asked to draw a picture of God. And these kids became creative, and they were just drawing pictures of nature. So God sometimes is referred to as nature. If you look at the wind, that's the manifestation of, of God. So I just wanted just to share a little bit that we do this show to help open up some eyes and ears so that people can hear that there was no Christianity before Christ. When the Europeans came, that's when things changed. Now, it is your decision to say everything that the Africans worshipped was wrong. You, you, we live in America. You have the alienable right to make your own decision. So this is why they say religion is a personal conviction because God talks to us all using the spirit because we are made of the body, the, the soul, and the spirit. So let me talk a little bit about that and then we'll pass it on to Brother Warren. So if you are listening to me or if you are alive, chances are that you are made up of three parts, which is the body, spirit, and the soul. Now, for those who are uh, uh, who love science, there is what we, we call the three trilogy or the three continuum. So in science, this is simply what we refer to as the uh, solid, liquid, and gas. So those are the three states of matter. So in the beginning, the Bible actually also satisfies the laws of science as we know them. In the beginning, that was time. God said that was matter, and he created space. So God also satisfies the three criteria also which are laid out in science. So you are made up of three parts, the body. So in the body, this is where you taste. This is where you smell. This is where you hear stuff. This is where the vision, sight, and touch, you can feel stuff. Now, in your soul, it's made up of three parts. That's where your will, you decide, and your emotions, your intellect. Now, in the spirit realm, this is where your intuition is and your consciousness. So, without taking much time, we'll get back to this. I think we'll open up the line so at least people, if they have questions, we can share a little bit of that. So, Brother Warren, can you share a little bit about, because uh, I know there in uh, Louisiana, uh, it is well known also for voodoo. To what extent is voodoo being practiced in Louisiana? Well, voodoo as it 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 uh, would have been practiced by black people is it, no longer practiced. What you have is you have a lot of commercial commercialization of mm-hmm. voodoo, and that is you have people who move into New Orleans from other places 
who have romanticized and have become uh, uh, influenced through romanticization, and then they open up voodoo shops and so forth. For the most part, I can tell you that's not, nobody practices that as a conscious religion. There were mm-hmm. things coming up uh, that people did that were done uh, not so much in the open that was maybe a continuation. I'll give you an example. We have something called Grigri. Grigri is uh, like you would make a charm or you would make an amulet and it would be used to keep evil away. Well, that may have gone out probably when my parents were coming up, okay? But mm-hmm. now we heard about it. I used to hear about Grigri. Now, one of the African ethnic groups that were brought here to Louisiana is a people called the Pular people, the Fulani people from Senegal and Mali. They were brought here. So we're descendants from that group. And we can see a lot of names that uh, that they had. We had those names. Like my family would have nicknames like that. So Grigri is something. So when I visited Senegal, I had a chance to actually see a lot of the connection between Senegal and New Orleans and in southern Louisiana in the cuisine and also. Now, the people were Muslims when they came here. About 25% of enslaved Africans were Muslims who came to the Americas. And so the, the Fulani was one of the groups. So when I went to Senegal, I... I noticed they were very religious. They were very devout Muslims, but they also still practiced elements of pre-Islamic tradition. So a lot of African cultures, they may be Christians, they may be Muslims, but many of the people still incorporate and still practice pre-Christian, pre-Islamic traditions that have been part of the culture. And then you have the elements in the culture who are very, very uh, stern to the religion, and then they castigate others in the group who may still practice some of those uh, those traditional practices there. But voodoo is just commercial in New Orleans. It's just a commercial thing to people who romanticize. We've had a woman here named Marie Laveau who lived in the 1800s. She was known as a leader in voodoo. But she's a legendary person. So on her birthday, all kind of strangers go to her tomb in a cemetery and leave all type of gifts and they make marks on the tomb. So a lot of it is just basically romanticism, basically. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so let us... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, good to know. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Primetime Radio Show. Today we are uh, discussing a very special topic, which is spirituality and nature. So at this point, we're going to have Nancy uh, share some thoughts. Nancy, uh, share some thoughts about spirituality. Did you know most of these things, and what else do you want to add? So uh, basically for spirituality, I just know like the modern spirituality, you know, and how it relates to um, individual perspective, you know. So I'm not really wanting to go into details about where it um, originated from. So spirituality is basically very, very personal to everybody. So uh, what does spirituality mean to you, Noah? 
Well, spirituality apart from going back to yeah, apart from going yeah, back so, to you know where it started from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spirituality. Of course, you see, we always have to understand how things uh, happen. Because, for instance, when we talk about, I mean, you you use the word that modern. So, at the back of my mind, I'm like, what does she mean when she says modern? So when we lay down the foundation is to make a full detailed understanding and analysis of how we got to where we are. So spirituality to me, it simply means to be pure and to be original. It actually matches up with the Bible because when you say God wants to talk to people through the spirit, because that's where spirituality is. Spirituality, you can relate or you can have a conversation with God within yourself. Now, the problem that I think most people have or don't understand is that when you read the Bible, the Bible, of course, is a sacred text. We all, I mean, we can't argue with that. But... The problem with most of these religions is that their interpretation of what the Bible says becomes more important than exactly what the Bible says. So there's a huge difference there. Interpretation of what somebody says and what they actually the Bible says. Because you have ten, five, ten preachers, they'll read one chapter of the, I mean, one verse, and put in a lot of their interpretation and then they'll say, this is what God said. And then you go to another preacher, they'll say, this is what God says. So basically you find that some people like me, um, I mean, I've done my research, I'm able to sort of say, no, no, I think this person is using his or her own interpretation as the word of God when they should say, this is what I believe, not really uh, say, I got this word from God. When somebody says they got this word from God, how do you know? The answer is you can't know. So we have to differentiate what people's interpretation of what the Bible says. For instance, most people say the word Jesus, the Bible has always been there. The Bible has not always been there. Like the version of the Bible that we know, for instance, the King James Version this was put together in 1411 under the authority of, of Francis Bacon, uh, who was, I think, uh, King James' version of the Bible is the full name for most people, if they don't know, is James Stewart. So, of course, popularly known as King James. So his version of the Bible, so some of us as philosophers, when you hear the word version, some red flags go up in your head. It's like, what does it mean, vision? Is there a different version of Nancy Yu? Is there a different version of Brother Warren? Is there a different version of Noah? The answer is no. So when you hear the word vision, tells you, oh, okay, this is just somebody's interpretation of what they think, not necessarily the case. So I'm also trying to respond because somebody has shared, uh, uh, sent me a question Uh, talk a little bit about the Bible and things like that. So to answer your question, Nancy, of course, uh, spirituality is real, and it simply means to be pure and to be original. And one important thing that I can add on spirituality is that in spirituality there is no doctrine. In religion there is a doctrine. 
When somebody tells you, this is how I pray, this is how I connect with God, they are telling you their steps. Remember I said at the beginning that spirituality simply means to be pure and to be original. If you can connect with your God or nature by going into the mountains to pray, that's you. I will connect to God in a different way. But when somebody tells you that this is the only way you can connect to God, then you know that, no, no, there's, there, that's a religion. So if when you are differentiating between spirituality and religion, is that in, a, in a, the, the ancient Africans before the arrival of the Europeans did not have discussions about doctrine because there's no doctrine. When we say uh, spirituality, simply means to be pure, to be blameless, to be original. Now, religion comes with steps. Say, if you want to connect God, this is what you need to do, when you have to do it, how long you have to do it. That is a doctrine under religion. So the ancient Africans did not have that. So to connect to God, when we say connecting to God, it's a personal conviction. You can go in your closet. You can pray directly to God. You don't have to pray to a prophet. You don't have to pray to someone else to connect to God. Even the Bible itself says, uh, be careful of those who go out there in the streets, I'm paraphrasing, and they want to uh, pray in tongues and things like that, so at least people can see them. But the Bible talks about get down on your knees wherever you may be and have that personal connection with God. So, of course, God exists uh, 100%, I agree, because I did not make this world. When I go out there, I talked about uh, uh, the Discovery Institute, where it has Muslims, agnostics, Christians, uh, Hindus, everybody else. They all agree there's something out there. So when we are discussing or sharing about what is spiritual, we are simply saying purest form, most black people by nature, even the statistics, attest to the fact that black people resonate or gravitate towards spiritual things. The Europeans understood that in the, uh, what do you call that, in the early days when they were coming to Africa, because they say the only way we can get the diamonds, the minerals, the oil, and all this African land is if we give these people a Bible. So they close their eyes, hand you the Bible, and when you open your eyes, you've lost your, your country, you've lost all your minerals and things like that. So we have to understand the purpose of this show, like I say, is to provide the education. So Brother Warren, over to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I uh, agree with your, your characterization of the distinction between spirituality and religion religion having uh, a catechism, formalized steps to be considered, uh, you know, uh, a follower of that particular religion, whereby spirituality is pretty much in, in, in everything you do every day, all day, in relationship to the, the, the things in nature and people. So, for example, uh, many 
people who who practice, uh, you know, people who lived in pre-Christian and pre-Islamic communities, they 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 had a relationship with nature that you don't have. Now let me give you an example. Now, uh, in Cuba. Cuba is a very interesting place because many of the black people, uh, because slavery ended so late, they, they still maintain many of the ethnic identities. So the Yoruba, the Yoruba people of southwest Nigeria, many of them were taken to, you know, the Americas. So the Yoruba religion is still practiced in Cuba, even though there's Catholicism. And there's a song in Spanish by one of the late, uh, black Cuban artist, his name is Benny Moray, and you can listen to the song. It's called Mata Siguaraya. Now, Mata refers to a tree. And in the song, what he's talking about, he's asking for permission to cut the tree down. So in many cultures, you don't just go chop down a tree. You, the, the tree has a spirit, so you ask the spirit to move so you can chop down mm-hmm. a tree. What you these spiritual systems, as you can see, an, an ecological uh, ethic, an eco, uh, uh, ethics toward the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the environment, whereby when we look at Western societies, we're cutting down all the forests, all the trees, we're creating a reaction to the environment, contributing to what is called global warming. And so that would be an example, I feel, of impact on the people who were more spiritual as opposed to religious. So you could you could be in your ancestral homeland, literally destroying the environment, listening to another people who introduced to you a certain concept. And then where you live, where your people have been living for so long, now it's destroyed. No trees, you know, desertification's coming, water's polluted, all the mineral resources gone <laughs> and extracted. And you just live in the wasteland. That that's happening around the world. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that that's very true. Because I think I watched the the movie. The gods must be crazy. <laughs> and when the guys would go and hunt, they would actually explain to the animals that hey, uh, I'm going to um shoot you. It's because. I, my family is hungry and we haven't eaten and we need some food so that at least you explain to the animal. So the lines for the listeners, the lines are open. If you have a comment, question, feel free. Uh, this is Primetime Radio Show. We are discussing spirituality and nature. So if you have a thought, a comment, feel free to chime in at any moment. Hello. Mm. Yes, go in your Hello. name and where you are you're calling from. Uh it's Monica Monica. Yes, go ahead with your comment or question. Uh mine will be a comment. Uh, maybe at the end I can put a question. Uh I've Follow. I think this is like a white topic, which I don't think one thing can involve everything. Maybe you guys can accept mm-hmm. um, it. Yeah, there's a little and, bit of background. Uh, so, yeah. okay. 
Mm-hmm. I am okay, quite, no, thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, no, I actually, yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah, there's a yeah. little bit of background noise. Yeah, so there's a little bit of background noise. So, yeah, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, Can you hear me now? Yes, yeah, much yeah, better now. Yeah, we can yes. hear you now. Okay, I have to take the Bluetooth out. Anyway, so um, my name is Monica, by the way. I'm calling from Indiana, South Bend. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Not that I want to force people to follow that, but uh, everybody has the right to follow what they feel and uh, mm-hmm. gravitate that it benefits them. So on the question of uh, spirituality, I've been listening, and I think mainly the focus looks like it's uh, on uh, black Africans or just black people. Um, I feel like Christianity is not just like it was brought to Africans only. There are Europeans that didn't know Christianity. There are Europeans that didn't know Islam, just like Hinduism. Everything has, like, their area of what they worship. A group of mm-hmm. people, what they believe in. So, like, by, in Zambia, where I come from, in old days, our ancestors, in my, in my home village, my grandmother and my mother used to tell us that there was a small mountain. Yes. And they would say, oh, people used to go there and take time yeah, of it, harvest, they would take okay. their first fruit and leave mm-hmm. it on that mountain. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's a sacrifice or it's a way of thanking the gods for giving them rain and good harvest. So mm-hmm. I'm in agreement to what everybody has been saying, that uh, way back people worshipped natural things. But they just didn't just go and walk up a tree and say natural things. They had to first find it will hold certain kind of hours where they feel like if I do, I go there and, and, and sacrifice or put something there. And I, I put my request, I'll get an answer. So like mm-hmm. on that mountain, they said they'll take the food or appease the spirit so that they'll have good rain and good harvest. And there are some people, there might be a tree in a village that everybody knows that tree. Nobody should even go and sit in it or it's a sacred place because they know when you go to that tree, you have to have a certain, um, you can't go to the boat empty-handed. So you have to have some kind of sacrifice. Um, I know on the line most of people are from Zambia, and I'm just going to show I'm not as knowledgeable as all you guys that have studied different religions and different gods and uh, all the other stuff. I'm just talking from a layman's uh, point of view. So, oh, yeah. No, we appreciate In my country, yeah, we appreciate they, do, they do like to sacrifice to the gods cornmeal, the white stuff, and they'll put it there. And they will invoke the spirit and get the answers they want. So religion or Christianity per se, I mean, they manipulated it to bring it and make the people like, okay, we'll manipulate them to act good because that was the message of Jesus Christ, to act good. So people, and even today, we have people who manipulate. We have prophets that are manipulating people to say, you know what, if you give a $1,000, I'm going to pray for you, and you, you get an answer. 
manipulators were there. And those, some of those mighty white people that came, they manipulated the Africans to say, you have to actually go stop fighting, stop this. And they, by that, they became weak. We had warriors. Even those warriors, they never went to war without consulting their God or whatever they worship. So in Africa, in our own native way, people worship the trees, like not just any tree. There will be a tree where they, they feel there is some certain powers there. They will go to the river, sacrifice things to the river, and you know that, oh, if you go to the river, to that kind of river, you'll get this. And uh, when you look at all that kind of worship, it didn't just originate from Africa. In Israel itself, where Christianity is coming from, or the Judaism is coming from, they worshipped those things. They went to the river. Like, for example, Moses was born, and he was put in a river. That river had certain, because the Egyptian, they, they were the loyalty of that Egyptian, that's where they were going to birth. There was some certain powers there, and that's how come that baby was protected. So we have to realize that Christianity as a Christian name just came way later when Jesus, actually Jesus didn't even call his disciples Christians. They were called first Christians in Acts because people realized they are acting and behaving like that guy who was going around preaching class. So that's when they were called Christians. And that's how we've come up with this name, Christian. Okay. But yeah, to yeah, no, that, make that's, it clear, I'm very, and I'm yeah. sorry that I'm going to yeah. take time, but I just wanted to make <laughs> yeah, sure no, people uh, th understand Thank you, Aunt that. Monica. Yeah, no, thank you, Aunt Monica. Okay. We are so, we are three minutes. Uh, so let's have... Um, uh, I think uh, what we'll do, because uh, we are winding down on time, is for us to have a second show where we'll be able to share some thoughts and continue the conversation, because I think in the interest of time, we, would want, we don't want somebody to start talking and then their comments, are, uh, they, they don't complete their thoughts. So don't worry if you haven't spoken. Uh, uh, we do the shows uh, every Wednesday, so we'll have a continuation of the show. So, Brother Warren, if you can just summarize in one minute before we conclude. Well, I think the conversation is, is important, and I think what is the, late, the lady that spoke, what uh, comes to my mind is the things that African people still do, even though they practice Christianity what we call quote unquote modern Christianity, the the mm -hmm. traditions of relating to the spirit, uh, how it's still practiced. I think that I think that intrigues me that that people haven't totally dis, disbanded that a hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Nancy, your final thought in a minute or so. Okay, uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Aunt Monica, for that contribution. Uh, and I know in the villages of Africa, I'm sure they're still practicing those uh, uh, religious uh, practices. So uh, basically, uh, this has been a very, very interesting topic that needs to be dug deeper, and uh, we need to be well informed, as me and Noah normally say. So uh, in general, uh, um, 
Christianity is something that is bigger, you know. Uh, it just depends with how you look at it yourself. It is typically um, involves a search of meaning in life. It is actually a universal experience, you know, as something that touches us all. So uh, people may describe a spiritual experience as a sacred or transcendent or, or simply a deep sense of aliveness and interconnecting to something bigger. So basically, I think uh, we need to dig deeper next week into this um, level of spirituality and probably look at um, mm-hmm. from different perspectives. And I, I know we'll be yeah, touching more on Christianity. Yeah. So I know oh, yeah. Aunt oh. Monica probably had so much to say on that. So thank you so oh, much, definitely. otherwise. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, so we'll definitely have a followed-up show. So uh, there was a question I uh, talked about uh, how the missionaries were able to use, take, take advantage of the Africans. So I think in a minute or so, let me see if I can just try to answer this. You see, when you worship, it runs into your culture. So a culture is a way of thinking, a way of attaining the world, a way of perceiving, categorizing the world, a way of ordering the world, a way of processing information. So when we say the Europeans came and distorted our, uh, our natural way of worshiping, what we are saying is that because culture provides you with a framework for thinking. It provides you with a structure for organizing information for classifying information, for evaluating information, for processing information. So when we, when we say the Europeans distorted our culture, it simply means they distorted the way in which we appropriate information, the way we are supposed to evaluate and uh, understand things. So I know with the interest of time, we'll leave it at that. So this has been a very fascinating, interesting topic. Of course, we, we, were, we just wanted to share from uh, academia and different perspective that Africans were not Christians prior to the arrival of the Europeans. So uh, uh, Africans adopted and when we say Africans, it's because mostly when you look at all the racial groups, Africans are the ones who are in the forefront of religion compared to other racial groups. The Asians, they are the least uh, religion. They, they did not actually accept their people to buy into Christianity. The same for the Indians. Uh, they refused that. So the problem is, of course, our people. Uh, there is a summary of this in the book. Of, in the book by, I pronounce it in Yanja's book. There is a summary of this in Things Fall Apart. So I encourage you to listen to or read Chino Achebe's Things Fall Apart, because of course things are falling apart. Hence, we are in this situation. So join us next week at the same time for a continuation of this show, uh, Spirituality, and we'll focus on what religion is. So we'll leave you, of course, with this beautiful track by Kelly Komalo. Join us till next time. It's bye for now.